Real. Uncensored. And thing sucks. Unpredictable. You want anarchy? No. Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Only on Ozzy the Ozzy the Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Dot com. We'll do it live. Big crowd coming in. It's amazing how, you know, they, they're slow arriving, but once they get going, it's like a domino effect. They all pile in. I couldn't get within 100 feet of the uh, entrance here. I shanked a guy. I think he was the pizza delivery guy, but, you know, they hire him all the time. I don't even think they get their last name. I, I'm not worried about it. Your wife's an attorney. She can get Ozzy, the sports junkie. Coming at you from the Sports Junkie Radio Empire here in the southwest coast of Florida. Booming throughout the country on all platforms. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Play with this, play with that. And speaking of playing, a guy who's, well, he's played baseball straight up through the semi-pro leagues. He's been a, remember when Jake in the 70s was quite the player himself. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen. I'm the man, the myth, the legend. You read about him, you see him on TMZ. I saw you last night having dinner with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Mr. Jake Jacobson. And he's allegedly involved with Charlotte Johansson for some reason. Oh, God. How are you, buddy? Oh, it's good to be here with my Oswald. Love being here for No Holds Barred with Oswald, the uh, sports junkie. Our free, our free therapy session. Oh, this is good. We got an hour's worth of therapy. We yeah. got raised baseball. We got baseball in general. It's heating up now, wild cards now. People, you know, you asked me before, you know, with the Mets making this trade yesterday for Stroman out of Toronto, what are they doing? Do you really believe that the Mets have a chance? And I've told you for the last month and a half, I've been so pissed off about my Mets. They didn't really want to talk about them. Right. But I, and I really don't want to talk about them. But, I, yes, I think at six games out with two months to play, they certainly, if they don't do anything too drastic, they certainly have a chance the way things are in the National League. And yeah, that's it. Six games out with two months to play. That's a hell of a chance. Yeah. They I'm, get hot. You can pick up three games in a week, maybe two games in a week. In a month, they're right in this thick of things. How far out are they in the wild card? I don't have to say That's standing. what I mean. That's six games out. Six games out of the wild yeah, card. Yeah, there's uh, another six or seven teams that are involved with that. But, hey, you win your games, you let everything else take care of itself. Why did I hear? See, now this is where your Mets insider really comes in Talk handy. Talk to me. Why did I hear that they got Strauman thinking that he would replace Syndergaard because he's going to get dealt next? Well, first of all, it's not kindergarten Syndergaard. It's Syndergaard. I don't. I'm a tomato tomato. Thor. Uh, no, here's the deal. Thor. Syndergaard, Syndergaard. Well, that's what his name is. I know. He does look like Thor. That's why they call him Thor. Boy, the mullet is back in a big way. I think he was the front runner of the mullet movement. Well, he didn't have a mullet. He just has long, shaggy hair. Thank he, you. He As I do. Correct. I get. I used to get pigeonholed into the mullet. The mullet may be the ugliest haircut ever. It's but the worst. I continue with your Met talk because I want to know what the hell's going uh, on. Why would they trade? Keep mullet and make a run for the postseason. Make a postseason run. First of all, we don't know if they are going to trade Syndergaard or Zach Wheeler. Wheeler becomes a free agent. He's 28 years old, the same age as Stroman. Stroman has has more success. Maybe Wheeler has more potential, but they're the same age. And Wheeler is a free agent. He will probably have some suitors going after him. Uh, Also, he comes from Atlanta. Maybe he goes back there. What the offering price is or what he'll take, that I don't know. Syndergaard is taken care of through next year. 
So if you trade both of them, you're only gaining one pitcher back unless you're trading for prospects and a pitcher for the two of them. If you trade Syndergaard, are you going to trade Wheeler or are you going to sign him or are you just going to give up on and, and you know give a chance at the free agent at the end of the season? I would trade Wheeler and keep Syndergaard because, first of all, he's having an average year. We know he has great potential. You know he has the highest uh, starting pitching average fastball at close to 98 miles an hour. The guy can wing it. The fact is, he's a little out of control this year. He's got to fix things. Give him next year. And if he does well, then maybe sign him to a three- or four-year contract worth $40 million. Somebody like that is worth, at the age of, what, 27 next year, worth giving him that type of investment. Sure. Just, I mean, that's, a guy, that's, a, that's still a, an anchor to your staff. that, that They put a guy, couple guys around him. You could, you yeah. could have a dynasty. So is Stroman there to protect if they get rid of Syndergaard and Wheeler? Probably. If they keep them both, which they probably won't. Was Stroman, they might trade Vargas, the left-hander who pitched yesterday. Maybe they trade him. He fills in that spot as a number 5 starter. Or you put him in the bullpen. Mets need help. He can help that. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but we will know by Wednesday where we're at. Toronto, uh, busy over the weekend. As the Rays were in town there. What a comeback win they had on Sunday. And what a way they blew it on Saturday. Oh, my God. That was a hard, that's the kind of loss. They've had a lot of those in the last maybe two or three months. This team has come completely into the shitter, Jake, from the day that Stewie announced that goofball plan, which wouldn't even come to any kind of head. It's just a discussion. He could have saved it for the offseason. Why he chose, as the Rays were playing the, maybe they're, they were running away with the American League East. They were first place for the first two and a half months, cruising the day he announced that, and don't tell me... It's, You're talking about wild card. The, the Yankees have been in the lead for the, for the most part this year. The Yankees, they might have been a game, a game or two out of uh, separation at that point when this thing was released because they had, as you recall, they started a three-game set in New York. Then they went out, or a four-game set in New York. They went out to Oakland, I said, and then they stopped on the way back to Minnesota, got their ass handed to them the entire trip, and I said it was going to make or break them. It seems to have broken them, but what a horrible timing for Stu to, to uh, announce that thing. All right, so On one me. hand, the other, the other point that I was getting to busy uh, were the uh, Blue Jays as they traded. This is the, you know, with Snell going down. What the hell is, is that stadium built on Indian, Indian burial ground, Jake? The hell, every pitcher we have now. We had the rookie, American League Rookie of the Year in glass. I was 7-0 and just dealing. We had, la we had last year's Cy Young winner, uh, Snell, who was, Sure, he wasn't. He didn't have Snell-like numbers this season, but he was still a decent pitcher to throw out there, a dominant pitcher. He fucks his arm up. I mean, what is going on? How come every pitcher in the Rays, not even in the rotation, in the entire organization, has to have Tommy John? What's going on with that? I, uh, well, they, they, solved all I, the, they solved all the problems by picking up a goofy middle infielder from Toronto with glasses. You ever seen more players wear glasses than the Toronto Blue Jays? Everybody wears glasses. Uh, Chris Sabo. So the Reds used to wear it, and I think that's cool. You and far between. I love it. I wear glasses. Well, he had the goggle glasses. Chris Sabo, Sarasota's own Chris Sabo. Yeah, I played um, uh, golf with him a couple of times. He lived in my neighborhood for years did, before he was uh, he left uh, the Reds. Did he wear glasses when he when played I golf? Saw him? Uh, you know what? I don't remember. Well, I would hope so. We we're talking about you know twenty years ago, give or take. All right. He won an MVP, didn't he? He won a batting title? I don't think he won a batting title, but he was a hard-nosed player, man. You didn't want to screw around with him. I think he's involved with the FBI now. Nice. I hear a lot of people at the station, maybe. Um, but or I, or yeah. in the strip mall. 
Well, I, but so the last know, thing the Rays, I'm trying to say the last thing the Rays needed was a goofy middle infielder hitting 220. We're stocked in that position. Thank you. First of all, I, the one question that has yet to be answered, and we know all the question marks that are surrounding the situation with the Montreal Expos or the Montreal Rays or whatever they're going to be called and the splitting the season. But the big question you brought up is, why did Stuart Sternberg, and nobody's answered this, why did he choose now, when they're in a pennant race, they're fighting for position with the Yankees, they're in a wild card position by three or four games at the time, might have been more, and now they are struggling just to stay in it. Even though none of the players on the team currently, maybe a handful would even be around to see this come to fruition. If this happened, and we brought this up a month ago, it starts in 2024. Exactly. That is four years down the road. At least, Maybe so why are you bringing this up now? In the middle of a season, because then guess who's got to answer the questions? Your manager, your team, everywhere they go, every question is, uh, what do you think about the upcoming move? Uh, do your kids speak French? Uh, what do you think about Montreal? Are you a hockey fan? I mean, it's just such a boneheaded move. All, all right, let me, let me place therapist here. The yes. only reason that I can imagine that he do that is because he wants to force the fans to start showing up, show the support, and maybe then he'll sit, do a second go-around in his brain and say, you know what, maybe it can survive here. Maybe that's, to me, that's the only possible logical reason that he would bring it up now is to kind of inspire people to go to games. My Well, that was initially mine, but I can't see where he would even believe that himself. I mean, they've, they've had first-place teams where they still couldn't draw that much on the week. Correct. During the week. But they were getting nice crowds, Jake. The last homestand when they had the White Sox in town, the Yankees, of course, always draw big. That Yankees, 4th of July, you can't get a better uh, situation than that. But can you imagine if this team falls, they've already fallen out of the second wild card spot. They've lost like 25 of 35 or 40 games. They've been on a downhill skid. And you don't think that if, if uh, the hotshot Morton they picked up as a free agent, you don't think that if he was on a one-year deal, his ass would be traded to the highest bidder by the end of the season. Sternberg would cut every single player he had to, and then he gets what, at the end of the season, he gets to say, hey, man, uh, you know, we did what we can do. Look, at there's only 4,000 people. Or, God forbid the Buccaneers get off to a good start. There won't be any interest in the Rays whatsoever. No, that, it's it's a shame because that, they started the season off. This was a wild card, easily a wild card yeah. team. Now were they a game behind or half a game in front or something they're, like that? Uh, they're... Hanging on by a thread. Hanging on by Still a lot of time. It's only July, but they're not going to. There was a big question on Twitter. What are the Rays going to address it with the free agent deadline, the trade deadline? How about nothing? nothing? When was the last time they addressed anything at any deadline? They picked up a middle infielder wears glasses. <laughs> you know what? He'll end up being Clark Kent, so stop it. Uh, right? I'd rather have Jimmy Olsen. I don't care if they look like nerds. If they can hit the baseball, if they can run, if they can throw, they I'll can feel I'm fine with I'll that. I'll take Mr. Freeze, uh, Batman. <laughs> But if you're if you're the uh, Rays and you're giving me this uh, scenario that they they drew well for the Yankee series, which now holds what Tropicana Field twenty thousand, the bottom. Then you open up the back the the uh, top deck and you open up for the fans. So I don't I'm not buying that they're still selling out because I was at that game and even though it was crowded, I could still see I would say it was probably eighty percent filled, maybe eighty percent. For the Rays game on a, a Yankees on fourth a Sunday afternoon. No, it was a Sunday afternoon. Well, it was the 4th of July weekend, That's wasn't correct. it? That's correct. No, you're right. It was. It was July, whatever day. Well, you know, you, I'll pound July this, 7th, I'll pound I this into was. the sand. If the Bucks were located in that stadium site, they would have never lasted. You did bring up uh, If the uh, Lightning stayed there, they would have never lasted. The stadium is tolerable. 
the position of it is intolerable. It'll never work there. Don't even talk about right. anything in Pinellas County because it will not work. They might as well move today. I was up in Channel Side to see Aaron yesterday. We went to breakfast with a friend that I brought up because I wanted to show him the area. He was contemplating on maybe moving Suicide? out of Sarasota. No. Oh, God. <laughs> you do a lot of work for Well, us. if you move out of Sarasota, it's like committing suicide. Anyway, he's thinking maybe Dallas, maybe Scottsdale. Ooh, I said Scottsdale before you do that which is all beautiful and everything. Come up to Channel Side, see my son's place, see what's going on up there. So we went up there, and he's a big baseball fan. He's a big sports fan. And he grew up in Chicago, like yourself. Uh, he's Cubs and, or Sox. But he's, yeah, he's Cubs, but he's a Rays fan. And he's a love it, love fan. It. He lives in the area. for. He's been coming here for a long period of time. He's 44 years old, but his family has always had a place down here. So big fan of the sport. And we, were, I took him into Channel Side, and we took the little shuttle that takes about five minutes to get you in Tibor City. Oh. And we went around the area where the Rays were considering. Did you? And he said, how can they not do this? This place is unbelievable. You got Amelie Arena with a lighting play just down the road. You got this thriving area of Channel Side growing. You got this outskirts of Ybor City with little... You know, houses and correct just me if very I'm wrong quaint. too, Jake. Isn't it just shit there? There's nothing. It's old, dilapidated uh, industrial buildings. It will build it all up. Boom. Plus, you have the highway. I uh, two se- what across. Uh, you got the Selman. Selman Expressway is right there. And, and the 275 is within an eye distance. Of an it. eye distance. So, an eye distance. I 75. You said they could they could make a new, a new exit just for the stadium. It's unbelievable that he he couldn't get it. And I said, you I, know what, jo- Josh? If I could tell you why, I would tell you, but I don't get it either. I have a feeling if I put a gun to my head, I still think that that's, that deal is under under wraps. They're secretly working a deal on that. Look, Because Sternberg I'm, didn't become a billionaire by, by being an idiot, Jake. I'm glad you feel that way. It's $800 million, I think he's worth. Oh, well, Which is close. He's got a billion-dollar uh, baseball team he can get, take true. a loan against. No, we, no, we've no, done the math on that. You're, a, you're absolutely the, right. The day that that stadium opened, they'd be worth a billion five, so he'd get his money back right there. Well, that would be the th- great thing about going to uh, Ybor City in that area or even somewhere in Tampa is the fact is it will be worth more money. St. Petersburg, look, don't get me wrong. I I like what they've done downtown in St. Pete. They've Absolutely. made a livable. Yeah, they got the restaurants. they got the bars. they got the uh, the legendary, iconic uh, Vinoy out there. They they have the, the new race, They have the St. Pierre, uh, the, uh, what's it called, the race, uh, the Formula One race oh, yeah, every yeah. year. I mean, there was really some really good stuff it's over there. It's just not a major league town. It's not a major league town. No, Tampa's the place it's got to be. Tampa's the place it's got to be. We did the numbers. 600,000 in Pinellas, 4.1 million if you put it at the fairgrounds or the fairgrounds is the only other acceptable site that I think that way you could build up around it. There's plenty of parking. There'd be no problem at all getting in and out of there. Hey, how come the hard rock sponsors everything in Miami? Why can't the hard rock right across the street from the fairgrounds? They just put a $700 million expansion. How about them throwing a little, uh, two or $300 million. We call it hard rock stadium. You gotta put it in consideration, whether you're the city or your Sternberg, what it does to the area. Tropicana Field is, it, it's all parking, and then it spreads out, and then it get, hits the great area. But you can, if you can have it in a main central area like Ybor City, and what's going, like I said before, what's going on there now, what will continue to go, it can only enhance everybody's property. I don't know if you used to go there back in the day, Jake. In the 90s, late 80s, 90s, my band played up there quite a bit, and we'd go up there and, and party and whatnot. You didn't want to get off 7th Street, 7th Avenue, whatever it is, because it was a little dicey. You didn't want to park too far away. I promise you, you put Major League Baseball in that area, and those little side streets that used to be scary, all of a sudden get bulldozed, and there's new restaurants and new condos and new townhouses and new parking lots. It's win, 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 win. And guess what, Stewie? In about 
five years into your residency there at your new ballpark, I bet the Rays would be worth about $3 billion. You know that every team in baseball uh, uh, incurs $100 million in Fees from uh, yeah. from uh, TV networks and stuff. No, I'm like talking that. about your your the increase in uh, the appreciation of your team. A hundred million dollars a year, even if you finish oh, less. No, that's not possible. Bullshit. Look it up. A hundred thousand. hundred million say, a year. So you think if he waits uh, t- 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 ten years, it's going to be worth two billion dollars? Yes. Uh, I don't believe the, the freaking that, Marlins are almost worth two billion. The Marlins are over a billion. I don't believe that it's worth, but I don't think it goes up. It it's like a rent. It goes up. Two, three, four percent a year if you're renting from a well, place. Well, I don't think if that it's, it's a billion, that'd be ten percent, hundred million. Yeah, I don't think it goes up that much. Right, well, that's a lot. Can we of say money. five to seven? I mean, if you want to, I'm not going to say I agree with that. I need no. a number, Jake. <laughs> I, I get it. it's the product, it's surrounding area. There's a lot involved with how, how if well. the if the area grows. And the team grows with it, or the team is responsible for the growth of the area. Yes, it's going to be worth more money. I would say, uh, to getting back to that, I, I remember now the original thought when I went off track with, you said it that Sternberg announced it, maybe to put the fans in the seats, hey, save our raise, save our raise. Right. I think he did it to maybe, A, save our raise, and B, panic for local government to, this guy's serious, he's going to get the hell out of here, let's get together and get a deal done. And that's what I was reading, John Romano in the St. Pete Times Say or Tampa Bay Times saying that that's is his feeling on the thing that Sternberg knows that this plan's not going to go through to Montreal. It's a contrived thing to hold the feet. I hate to burn this expression out, but hold the feet to the flames of St. Pete, Tampa, Tampa Bay to get a stadium done. And I'm going to stay optimistic about it and say it's going to get I, done. I think you should. My God, what a black eye it would be. It would be not only a black eye, it would be a broken eye socket that we'd never recover from. And I say we, we I've lived here 30 years, you've lived here 20. We're, we're Tampa Bay citizens, pal, like it, it or not. It, if it is Sternberg's it. ploy to, to enhance the fans' uh, uh, position in coming to the games and it doesn't work, then they're gone. But if it does work and things Sternberg reevaluates things, then maybe he could save it. But I, 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 I think I think Tampa Bay really has to get involved, and I understand people don't want to pay more on taxes and stuff like that. But if it will enhance your area, will if it will enhance your property, I can't see not doing it. I can't see. I mean, the can you imagine? And then how about this one too? From what I understand, Disney has a few bucks. Why doesn't Disney get involved? In what way? In, in, in finance the stadium. Maybe they get name right, naming rights for the stadium or yeah, somehow. Yeah, but we already talked about that. If it goes from right now, Tropicana, Tropicana is paying $1.5 million a year. For, for the naming rights. For the naming rights. So if you go to Tampa and it goes up to $3 million, it's not, it's not sustainable or affordable for, for Sternberg to accept that. That's why I brought up a couple weeks ago. He wants $25 million naming rights like City Field pays the Mets. And this way... He can afford putting in four or five hundred thousand dollars for a new stadium instead of the one fifty he's offering. Million, you mean? One fifty million, right? I just don't know why. Well, I because I, I we we broke this down many times. I think a brand new stadium on that I four corridor because let's face it, it's about forty five minutes shot from well, I from well, Tampa you know to Orlando. If that happens, it will force them to probably fix the infrastructure of I-4, which oh, is notably... Good, because they've been working on that since 78. It's, you know, notoriously like the worst oh, uh, you know, highway in, in America. For the, and by the way, nice of them to tear up 75 in Sarasota once again. They're never ending. 
It never well, freaking ends. It, it, let's be honest. They, it, the infrastructure was not prepared for the onslaught of people and buildings going up and Lakewood Ranch and all that. So they're way behind in trying to build up I-75 I- because if they don't, we're going to be stuck in traffic like New York on the LIE or, or, right. or you know, the Turnpike in, in, in that area. So we need to expand the roads because it is, I used to be able to know if I have to be in, uh, at the airport I, an hour before, I would leave, leave two hours prior to the leaving. Now I literally have to give it two hours just in case I hit traffic. Tampa or Sarasota? To Tampa. Oof. That's why I try not to fly out of there because there, I, there are times I've been up there to pick up friends leaving my hour to hour and 15 minutes, hitting traffic and being there two and a half hours because of an accident. Oh, you hit it, that bridge, man, and you're done. All you see is taillights, and it's so quick. Once you get off the bridge, you make the little Yui, and you're right in the it, parking lot. It really can start a few miles past Tropicana Field. Oh, That's when it really starts getting crowded. So the expansion needs to be done because the influx from this area up to Tampa is just growing exponentially. Speaking of which, this is something I, I read, and I never followed it up or I never spoke to you about it. Back to the Rays Stadium at the site that you and your friend looked at yesterday. Was it yesterday you went up there? Yesterday, yeah. They're saying that the plumbing, electric, which is people don't realize this, the infrastructure in the ground, because that was built for commercial stuff. Those buildings are probably built in the 40s, for right. Christ's sake. The, the infrastructure of, can you imagine the sewage pipes that you have to put up for a stadium that holds 30,000 people? That All that would have to be redone. Yep. So you might as well tack on another 70 to $100 million for electric and water and sewer. That's fine. But that's fine. I get it. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Look what they do in Vegas. They put up these gigantic showcases. I saw a video of the Raiders' new stadium from my good friend at Joe Buck's band. And they're about halfway. They're past the halfway point on this thing. So will they be there in 2021 or 20? Next year, baby. So next football season. Next football season. Guess who visits next season? The Buccaneers. And there's already plans in the work, my You're friend. Gonna, well, I'll tell you the uh, you being a, your ass. you know I'm a, a Ranger fan. My friend and I have devised a game plan. We're going to go to Vegas the weekend of De- December 9th. Rangers are playing the Golden Knights, Ooh. and then Sunday we get to watch at 10 o'clock in the morning before we fly uh, fly back. Probably whatever time it is, 10 o'clock in the morning. Jets are at home against the Dolphins. Fly back on a Sunday. I don't like the thought of you flying after two games. So uh, fly back Monday morning? <laughs> yes. Okay. L- rock out on that's, a Sunday. You don't want to leave fine. early. But anyway, we're going to get there and see the, uh, I want to see, you know, what it's like. Because the Golden Knights, to them, are like their first professional team. How, how they crazy live and that? die with them. Kind of like the Lightning are here. How crazy Even is that? Even though we have other teams, yes. One first year, they go to the Cup. It's almost a curse, though, isn't it? Because then you expect it, that greatness every year. But pe- fans aren't that naive. That was an amazing ride for a fran. And I know franchise teams get good players. They get guys who... Uh, maybe a little older. Uh, maybe the teams want to cut some salaries so they can, you know, move up and pick up younger players. But they were loaded with some really good players, and hence they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. And that, my friend was out there during the time, uh, two years ago, a year and a half ago, whatever time it was, uh, and he said that the place was freaking jumping. Everything was Golden Knights. I'd imagine. So you think about it, football's a no-brainer. They got to sell eight games. Eight games is a shoe in. I mean, and ten, uh, ten altogether with the uh, ten with the, the preseason games, games and the, that won't be a problem either. Foot uh, hockey, you got eighty games, we're roughly uh, 82, 41 home games. That shouldn't be a problem either. I mean, you, you'd think the Blackhawk fans are coming hard and heavy. Any team from New York's coming hard and heavy. All the Eastern teams, the, the Lightning actually had a pretty good crowd last summer there. That's why I don't think baseball. If you got us eighty-two, I believe it is eighty-one home games. That's a, that's a long stretch. 
You know that the population of Vegas, Jake, they're the 117th biggest city in the U.S. They're down there. There's not a lot of people living there. And I can't see, could you imagine a big contingency of Marlin fans going in there? I couldn't see a big contingency of Rays fans heading out there. Maybe a thousand. Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs. Yeah, they'd be a, wouldn't be an empty house seat in the house. Well, but how, how far is Vegas from L.A.? It's three and a half hours All by right, desert. So, I mean, so that's me going to Marlin games in Miami from Sarasota, three and a half hours. So True. if you're a fan of a team... You drive there. You sp- if it's a weekend game, you may maybe spend the weekend there. It's a it's it's a place people want to go. We could go Kurt Lowe and drive from Sarasota to Vegas. Yeah, that's not gonna <laughs> You know how much this, you know how much cheap you know how cheap airfare is. How come everything in the world has gone up in the last twenty years, Jake? Except for hamburgers, pizzas, and airfare. What, when I was in high school, a pizza was like twenty bucks. A pie? Yeah. Well, that, it still is. A decent one. Yeah. Hamburgers were like three fifty at McDonald's. You get a burger now for seventy cents. A piece is five dollars. I haven't had it's McDonald's a shitty pizza. So long. I haven't either. I don't miss it one iota, and I haven't had a five dollar pizza. But an airfare. I remember before I lived in Florida, Jake, in the seventies, when I'd fly down for the summer to visit my grandparents who lived right here in Weber and Beniva. It was like three hundred fifty dollars, as I recall. I didn't pay for it. You fly round trip now from Tampa to Vegas, hundred and ten dollars nonstop. Stop. I'm Not gullible. Stop. Don't lie. There are people I'll listening to this. I'll show it to you, and I'll print it, and I'll put it on the website. They're online right now looking it up and going. Go to Orbitz. Go to Orbitz. Ozzy's a dick. Here Here's is, the 110. Here's here one for is, 280. Here is the stipulation. you got to get a ride because it's $40 a day, as you know, to park in Tampa. That's what they kill you is the parking. All right. Let me, let, let's go back to uh, you a, could state, talk about, a, better, a better world. No, no. In, in, in NFL worlds, being a ticket holder at some point for 30 years with the New York Jets. Sure. The fact that they made you start it at first it was you paid for the eight games and if you won the preseason games that was your choice then they went to well if you're going to be a season ticket holder you got to buy the preseason games that play your subs for the same price as your regular season tickets and you're stuck with paying whatever i was paying 125 per ticket i had three tickets so i had to buy those three preseason the three tickets for two preseason games which jacked up my price now, nobody shows up to preseason games for the most part. Maybe 20000 25000 If you would put that out there, cut the tickets in price, people would say, you know, I've never been to a ball game before an NFL game. This is my chance. I'll pay 50 bucks, or I'll pay 40 instead of the 100 or the 75 And if you're the Buccaneers or any NFL team, you're thinking, okay, now we're filling up the place, even though we're getting less money, but we're making it up in concession. People are buying uh, attire. People are buying food. People are buying drinks. They sell tires there now? Attire. Oh, attire. A tire, like a shirting, uh, yes, clothing, if you will. whatever. Hats, <laughs> Buccaneer hats, or whatever. So to me, it doesn't make sense for the NFL to continue this you know, fraudulent way of making season ticket holders pay the, for, the t- uh, for the 10 games. Make it eight. Let people make it an open market for people who want to go see a game. Cut the tickets in half because it's preseason and make up the div- uh, the difference in your concessions and everything else. They have to. The first preseason game, you get a little bit. I fall for it. Hook, line, and stinker every year, Jake. That first Bucks preseason game, I get all geared up. and Yeah, but the starters only out. play maybe a, peer, a quarter. It's the biggest cock tease ever. It sucks. It sucks. And by game four... I really have no interest in watching Four is it. nothing. Four, everybody sits Four, because everyone of rest. sits. The entire three. object is not to get anyone injured. Game three is the only comparable game to the NFL because starters will probably play three quarters. Would you agree with me that I'd say 90, 80% of the roster is already made before camp even opens? They're only, they're only haggling it out for maybe 
10 to 20 roster spots. I, I would think that's legit. You can't have a complete overhaul every single year. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, in five or six years, if you take 20% off, you have now a complete overhaul for the most part. You might have a quarterback. You might have a receiver or an offensive lineman that usually hang around a little bit longer. But I, I do agree. I don't think there's more than a 20% changeover. So basically, there, if there is, it's called an overhaul. It, and you and I are both sticklers for this. I know you in particular, and me in particular. Who I'd be kidding? interested, by the way, in that percentage. If somebody, you know, some stat man came up and said, "This is what the average, you know, turnover per year for team is." Put the stat man sign in the in the sky. Maybe we'll get stat man to call in. Um, I've never left a game early except for a preseason game. I have left a game for preseason. It was the Houston Texans. Oh, about twelve years ago. At free sick tickets in the end zone, which I hate. Can't stand the end Can't zone. Can't do it because you got to watch the scoreboard to see what's happening. You, you get no depth. You don't know if it's eight yards, 80 yards. Sucks. There wasn't one starter in the game. Midway through the first quarter, base player who's no longer with us, rest in peace, Tony. He goes, this sucks. I go, you're right. <laughs> I said, I hate to leave a game, dude. It was, then it started to drizzle. I had to bail, man. First quarter, I bailed. I mean, it's still, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to even tell this story, but I couldn't take another second of it. It was they didn't even have the PA on, as I believe. It's like a high school football game. Just whistles. It's a load of crap. Now, as a fan watching it on TV, I'm watching. I'm taping it. I do too. I'm looking at players and I'll stuff like, like that. Breaking but, film. But if I'm going to spend a, a regular season ticket price for a game that you're going to see starters again, if you if you have the third game at home. I still don't think it's worth the full price, but you're going to see a majority of the starters. You're not going to see the whole plethora of offensive plays or defensive plays, but they're going to let the guys play it out a little bit. Then the fourth game, they basically sit, and then the season starts. Speaking of football, you were right. Thursday, the day after tomorrow. Is this Monday? Is this Monday? Today's Monday, yes. Monday on the new Old Bard Podcast with Ozzy and Jake. Check it out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere, basically, where you can get podcasts now. Number one with a bullet. Well, not number one, but it's definitely with a bullet. Anchor podcast. Just go there and they have all the links. It's ridiculous. Denver goes into Atlanta this Thursday night. If you are de degenerate enough, Denver favored by two in the hook, the over under at 34. If you're betting on that, get into a program. I would rather program. have my penis run over by a tow truck than bet a game like wow, that. Wow, that is harsh words from Mr. Jake Jacobson. There you go. That has got to, I mean, literally get leave some kind of a, an effect that tore my sack. <laughs> You'd rather have a sack torn. So then the uh, it all tees up for... Now watch what happens on Thursday. I, 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 you, you come in with what? a flat sack? I, you know, I, call, I go on my website and I put $5 on the game just for the heck of it. Oh, my God. I got a, I got a L squared update for you, my friend, and f concerning FanDuel. Oh, God. You know, for, for months now, we have got G off the FanDuel. Now we got to bring G it back. Yeah, oh, this one's worth... Uh, this is worth a comeback, my friend. Jets Giants will tee it up next Thursday. That's when it all kicks off. And that's up. crazy that the fact that the Jets and the Giants are playing—that's a—it's basically a slap in the fans' face. You're playing it at MetLife Stadium. I don't know if the Jets are the home team in this one or not. Why is it a slap in the face? Is, usually they play the third game. It's the most important oh, preseason okay, game, yeah. which I talked about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it makes it more interesting. Now they're putting this rivalry. Well, they are. Bottom line is they are playing in the regular season this year, but still. Why are you playing each other in the first game of the uh, preseason? Here's another one I never got about preseason. Okay, Tom Brady, the Big Bens. We know what you can do. Save the save the tank. Get them in for two two ship two uh, sets of downs. And I'd call it quits. Don't risk injury. Don't risk anything. But your Jets have a new young quarterback, second year guy, Sam Darnold. Buccaneers still trying to figure out who the hell this kid is at wit behind we got behind center. 
Why are they coming out after two series? If anything, doesn't Darnold need more work than anybody on the team? I, I don't want to burn the guy out before the season starts, but I'd have a rookie quarterback who needs the work. I'd have him in, excuse me, the first half, if not three quarters for the first three games. They are so fearful of injuries, and, and, and more so— I I'd mean, be ba- fearful of getting my ass fired if my quarterback sucks. Well, but think of baseball, how baseball runs their preseason. I mean, the starters basically will play every game, and they, I know there's a lot of games, 25, 30 preseason games, but they're going to get their bats in. They're going to get the fielding and they're practicing and all that, but they're going to play in game situations, whether it's, uh, you know, you're the, um, what do they call it, split squad game. It doesn't matter. They're getting their reps in. Football, even though they're doing practice every day and sometimes two days and however they do it, sure, I would want to play. I want to be in a game situation. It, it boggles my mind that the only time in four games that you're going to get a real opportunity to play as a starter is the third game, and then you're sitting the fourth for the most part. How do they? And then they go into a regular season. And college football, they have no games. And then the regular season hit, Jake. You're exactly right. And here it is, fourth quarter, game on the line. These guys have no experience. All the pressure. What did you waste an entire camp for to, 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 you want these guys to be experienced? Sure, you can do the two-minute warning all day long, but that ain't game situation with a stadium full of fans. I couldn't agree more. The, I don't think, the, the, pre, the way the preseason run is run in the NFL sucks and stinks from head to toe. Cut it down to two games, get your guys some experience, hit the ground running with an 18th game schedule and end it already, and my God, cut those prices down. For an exhibition, man. They're nickel and diming you at everything. It co- look, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I, NFL, you know, satellite TV has given me NFL direct TV. I can watch the games at home. I can watch anything I want. I pay for that right. That deal, as a fan, is so far superior than being a season ticket holder. And the grind that it takes and the expense to buy the tickets, to get to the game, to get back, you lose the whole day. You don't get to see any other games. Sucks. You gotta, you gotta do something because fans are staying home, and I'm not saying they're losing interest in football because I'm certainly not. But the fact is, I can watch on my big screen TV, and I can have other games going on, so I can watch them all, including my favorite team. I was looking at the new and improved. It, they they upgraded a little bit last year, but they've really topped it off. The Buccaneer Club at the uh, at Ray J. It is freaking spectacular. And how about this, Jake? Now this hasn't been confirmed. I bet you one Aaron Jacobson would be the man to ask on this. Tell me. That the when the Bucks play, thank God this year they've gotten some four o'clock games. Last year there was one o'clock, and not that I went to any, but even watching them on TV, I like a four o'clock game, especially they're, they're, as the season goes on. I like a four o'clock is, kick. It, you know what? Four o'clock game, if you're lucky, and you come back to Sarasota, you're not home before nine thirty, nine nine thirty, probably. Oh, if you attend one in four person. o'clock, game. yeah, yeah. But as the season goes on, you know, you're getting close to the holidays. And, it's just fun. It's a four o'clock game is fun, and that's me. I the grind. I, I, Again, I'm being a Jet fan and not living in New York for 25 years. Yes, I attended games, you know, while I was living here. But it is a real grind to go out there every single game, even though there's only eight games. It's almost like you want to sell off the average game and go to the rivalry games. Well, you're like me. You're noncommittal. I can't commit to more than one game. <laughs> but I, I did for 30 years. I, know, I went I, to every single game unless it was, I don't know, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, a bats mitzvah, or some you know, major thing that I couldn't go to a game. But, <laughs> that's, that's admirable. 
The Crowder seems to like that too. But I mean, I, I wanted to go to the games. I went with my two of my friends, so the three of us. We had a routine. We go to breakfast and we tailgate, hit the game, and then we bring a. You know, then we were able to get like antennas, TVs, black and white. Plug it in to a uh, to your lighter. Put up the antenna. Maybe you can get an NBC or CBS game while you're watching. You know, while you're hanging out there after a one o'clock game and you tailgate in the parking lot. In the parking lot. Oh shit! Yeah, we'd go to the Bucks one o'clock. I had it down to a routine. I'd get to the lot around 10 a.m. in my van, loaded to the gills with a cooler, with coolers, with barbecue pits, with stereos, with everything, and we'd tailgate right up until kickoff. And then you go back out, let all the the lemmings get caught in that Dale Mabry and Himes traffic, and you just sit there, you plug in the four o'clock game, and off we go. And usually, the last one to leave, and the security guard very politely said, "All right, guys, gotta head out. All right, Hank, we'll see you next week. Maybe won't lose by 30. So long. Stay out of the wagon, kids." But here's what the, the point I was getting to, Jake. The Buccaneers have, I think, I can't, uh, there was talk of it. I don't know whether it's confirmed or not. If you have a luxury box or if you have tickets to the Plaza Club level, they will be open through the end of the 4 o'clock game. So say you get a luxury box. You get the Bucks get their ass beat at home. Not being facetious. The Bucks have a 1 o'clock game that you get to see live. Obviously, you're at the stadium. You then get use of these sweets. I don't know if the food keeps flowing or the beer keeps flowing. Right. Maybe they a little upcharge for that. But I'd lo- a the traffic then dissipated. You don't have to go outside and sit in traffic for two hours. And I want to I want to relax and enjoy myself and watch the four o'clock game. So I love if that idea is true. I think it's brilliant because they're going to make more money, sell more. All right. So the 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 one o'clock one o'clock game amenities end. So then drinks are then. A la carte after four o'clock. Right. I w- you wouldn't stay there for the game then. I would. Uh I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think. I don't know what the legalities are with the NFL, but there is money to be made and lots of it. Absolutely. The party continues. Game's over. If you're winning, you're celebrating. Let's hang out. Let's watch another game on the big screen. The whole I don't thing. Like to be rushed out of there. I can't stand the consen- to be. All the concessions have TVs. Watch have different games on going on. Well, I'm not saying hang out. Have no, those- I really mean that. I think the, it's the a entire, great idea. The entire stadium sticks around and watches games. Well, it's up to them. Well, I was. But talking- the bottom line, they keep the stadium open. They have the they have the game on the big screen, so you could sit in your seats. You can concessions are open. They have TVs going around. You could still eat and drink. You can continue the party, and the game's on. Beautiful. You can watch I was a thinking, game. I was thinking, uh, obviously. For I the, took it a step further. For, you did take it a step further. For heat reasons, you'd want to appreciate the air conditioning. But say a late game in November or October where it's nice and cool. Say it's about 72 degrees, no humidity. The Bucks just beat Atlanta 31-28 on a last-second field goal. God damn it, I want to watch the Patriots-Jets game. It's kicking off now. Honey, go get another round of beer. Yeah, I don't have to rush home to miss most of the game. I'm not sitting in traffic and honking horns at Dale Mabry and that crawl down 275. You finally hit the 75 South is torture. I got to be honest. I, I'm, for the most part, probably the one of the dumbest men on podcast. But the fact is, I occasionally come up with a goddamn great idea. That's it, buddy. That's it. And uh, other amenities as we go closer and closer to, to uh, football in Vegas. Well, it'll be next year. They're going to have FanDuel uh Station set up inside the stadium, and there's You're no way. Me. Oh yeah, you can bet on fantasy football, but there I can't see. But there's any way that you could bet on the action that you're watching on that field, because there's just it's so ripe for fraud. It's so ripe for fraud. You should be able to bet on any game but that one. That's just my feeling on the whole thing. So check it out. LL, as you know, is a she likes to uh, throw a coin around or two. 
hooked yes, on Fan. She, uh, more hooked than on you. FanDuel. She wins every night, and it just pisses me off. Every night she's got a winning ticket at FanDuel. Unfortunately, she puts it right back in the next night. So, I believe it was Saturday. I don't know. All nights tie together. I think it was Friday or Saturday night. They do. Sunday night. stage of our life, they do. It was a Sunday night game. Angels-Baltimore. This thing went to... She had... I forget who. I think it was. It wasn't Mookie Betts. It was the night after he hit three home runs. She got some guy from Texas who went off out of nowhere for three home runs. He got 60 points. $2,000 to the top, and then 800 then 600 then five. She's number three. She's at $600. She's got Dwight Smith, who just came over from, Bal- from, from Toronto to Baltimore. He's, he walks, steals second. Now we go to extra innings. He walks. He gets a point for that. Steals second. Gets a point for that. Scores a run on a hit. For the, she had the other guy who got the hit in the RBI. Boom! She goes to number one, $2,000. It's the only game being played. All they need is three friggin' outs. They scored three runs. They had a five-run lead in the 15th. We're counting the money. She's counting the money, Jake. Yeah. Here comes the gas can that's known as the Baltimore Oriole pen. Walk, base hit, base hit, walk, double. Mike Trout, three-run home run, game over. All the guys behind her at Mike Trout just zoomed right past her. She winds up out of the money altogether. Oh my God! That's why you can't two grand out the window. That's why you can't count your chickens. It, it ain't over till the fat lady sings, or the Baltimore pen comes in. And you shouldn't gamble money, even in a Fanduel type aspect, because it is heartbreaking killer, and you lose time in your life. Well, it was a five dollar play. Five dollar for a two thousand dollar reward is that a pretty good is risk pretty, or reward. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. But I, I mean, shit. But now she they, now, a five run that, lead. They couldn't hold it. And now you can't function the next twenty four hours, sometimes forty eight. When I was younger, for seven days until the next game. I could not function after something like it that. It didn't slow her down, though. You t- Amazing. I, I told you about the game plan for this year. We're going with the pros. I'm going with the pro selections. Of course, I'll have my little side plays that you and I will dole out on the air. The Absolutely. The three-teamers. Oh, yeah. What is your, which of most teams you'll parlay? Mine's three. Uh, a parlay is tough. Um, I might go four if I feel real Oof. confident. Five. Five's it, it ridiculous. All, it all depends on the odds. If, in, in the NFL, there are upsets. If you get if you can get a couple of teams in plus one eighty to two twenty, then I only need three. I know that because you can make good money on a five or ten dollar bet. A three a three team or a six to one. What does a five team pay? Well, Twelve to one. Well, in a par teasers are depart. If you do a parlay, I'm usually betting the. Um, the straight up that the underdogs are going to win. That's where you win the money. So if you take an underdog that's underdog by five, you're probably going to get 180, 190, maybe 210. Right. So if you do three parlays that you think a team has a chance to upset or two parlays that are going to pay 200, and then you go with a favorite that's maybe laying 110, you're still going to make a nice profit. So it all depends on what the odds are. I like parlays. But I like to take underdogs to win the game so I get a real nice payoff. Well, it's coming. It's coming sooner than sooner than later. Did you see these Phillies uniforms the other night, Jake? The uh, Phillies they, wore the nineteen oh, eighties. Oh, oh, I know the red blood red pajamas. Hey, you know, they, oh, I love the throwback idea, but not every weekend. I think it's a little ridiculous every weekend. Make it so it's a little, you know, a bit of a money, treat. To money, see it. money. You think anybody's buying that blood red uniform? Absolutely, they're buying. They might buy a shirt. They might buy a, a, a one for the kid. I never bought into baby. that. Like that shitty. Uh, Buccaneers Thursday night uh, all red uniform when they remember they played the Rams it looked like ketchup against mustard packets it's ugly I, I I will be headed up to Bucks camp on Thursday I believe to meet greet press a little flesh where is it at 
in Tampa where they practice. Oh, that's <laughs> you know why I'm going for a plethora of reasons. I want to get my eyes and ears and my foot, my beak dipped into the scene up there. Plus, I want to check out. I've been inside, but not for practice. The new air conditioner facility. Don't tell me that's not going to benefit the plays. The players. Absolutely. You know, I was talking to a guy online There's today. No way that doesn't benefit this team. I was talking to a guy um, who is a firefighter. Right. Uh, and uh, he was on the line at Publix, and he was he was dressed in the gear, like gear that you would think that they were practicing, or he's in the middle of saving somebody's life, <laughs> sweating profusely down. And I said, was this a real-life situation or were you practicing? He said, you were, we were practicing. I said, what, outdoors? He goes, yeah. It's got, or construction workers. Guys who come on my line, I've just been outside for five straight hours from 7 o'clock in the morning to, you know, noontime. They're sweating their butts off. That is dangerous conditions. Of course, the, but you gotta, even though you want to get acclimated to the outside, the majority has to be in conditions that are healthy. Right. I, I used to, that used to be a big theory of mine, why the Bucks suck so bad, because... They were just exhausted by the by the time that the midseason rolled along. All that heat and humidity has worn them down. But then again, how do the Falcons? The Falcons thrived. The Dolphins yeah, were good. It, they play, it's hot down there. Well, it's hot Louisiana. You're talking about where the well, Falcons play indoors. How about uh, where they practice? They practice indoors. How about the Cowboys? I think most teams practice. You know, they'll go outside for part of it. it gets to what they go inside. That's what the Bucks have now, and maybe or they switch off. Defense might go inside. Offense goes outside. Blah blah blah. I, I think the longer you can keep these guys on the field, the more practice they can get. Here's another one, a quick update from our buddies at Joe Bucks fan. Uh, one of the Joes went so far as to say, number three, uh, day one of practice on Friday, the worst he's ever seen, Jake. And this is a guy who had his back. Now, I don't know if that's because Bruce Arians and company were throwing all everything in the kitchen, but the kitchen sink at him. But they say... You're talking about Jameis was having the worst day of his Yeah, ever? worst day that he's looked oh, so far. On. I don't put a lot into practice. Oh, please. It's just... Hey, I'll flip the script and say this. They always say he looks good in practice, and he doesn't do so well in the re- regular season. So I will t- I'll take the shitty practice, and he looks good in regular season. It's a new the system. And he's a horrible warm-up. And he goes in the game, he pitches it. Right. I, you know John Gruden. John Gruden had a guy every year. Let me tell you something about Courtney uh, Campbell and Courtney John... They're going to name a bridge after him one day. Let me tell you something about Ladavius Campbell, man. This guy is an undrafted free, and he loved him and loved him and loved him, and he did dart all questions that were relevant. And then he cut the guy that he, that he kissed his ass the entire camp. But training camp, everybody looks good. Some people look bad. You don't put any weight into it unless an injury. Well, and, well, the, there's, a, there's talk of that, that Jameis might be favoring an Achilles problem. That story will develop. First of all, they, they they do get something out of preseason and these mini camps and stuff. They get to judge players, especially the young ones in the mini camps and the uh, you know the rookie uh, practices. You get a chance to see these guys grow. Now, do they get better every time they come to practice, or they stay the same? So a guy might stand out at the beginning, but doesn't improve during practice. A guy might come in uh, a little shaky at first, and every game and every practice, you see a little bit of improvement. You say, you know what? This guy gets it. He's, on, he's watching film. He's got the talent. Just needed to get you know uh, caught up in all the plays and stuff like that. So I'm a big fan of the spring training. I don't want to cut it to two. I think they need at least four games. I don't want it to go to six like it was when I was growing up. Oh my four, god! Four games is certainly sufficient. I, you know, I, I just think they they need more time to play. The starters are the guys they feel to be contribute the most. 
six games I couldn't imagine. Now, you, do you remember that? I do recall that. that I, was, was I was a bit youngster. That was the mid seventies, early seventies, wasn't it? Yeah, it had to be. A, also, yeah, yeah. at the time when guys didn't work off, they all worked as car salesmen in the off season. They'd come into camp fat, heavy. Nobody comes. You come to come. You come into camp fat now. They'll cut you before the first practice starts. There's no off season if you're an athlete. Unless you're is there? a star, you're you're given a time to take off the weight. But in this day and age, you're not going to. Other than an offensive lineman or maybe even a defense, you know, uh, a guy who's what's it, uh, a nose guard. Unless them, most of these guys are going to be you know working out all year round. Why? Because they want to keep the money that they're making. They might get a um, you know the bonus signing, but once you're cut, your contract is dead. It's the most insane contract that the union has worked out with the NFL. Isn't it crazy? It's not guaranteed other than the signing bonus. Exactly. And, well, I guess that's based on injuries because, you know, what if you give a guy a $100 million deal over five years, he breaks his leg, and then you're on the hook for all of it. They are insured. They are insured. They are insured. Speaking of guys getting cut, I thought that Daniels, the defensive lineman for the Packers, who was a casualty cut. Now, according to our buddy Ira Kaufman up there, the Bucks still have $3 million under the cap. Expect them to do a little dumpster diving, cherry picking to fill some holes that they did not fill in, in free agency in the offseason and through the draft. This Daniels cat, he was a five-year starter for the Green Bay Packers, 26 sacks over five years. He was quickly sucked up by the Lions. Why the Bucks are sitting on their hands on that? Because they've got three. They, they're going with that three-man front. you got Vita Vey. You've got, well, Pierre Paul is out. I mean, it's thin. It's real thin. Is he coming back? Is he playing? Uh, Pierre Paul, they're, they're trying to up his return date to sometime in December, but I don't believe Wow. I mean, my God, man, you break your neck. That's a broken neck. Please. You're lucky you're not dead. Isn't that what happens when they hang you? Boy, he has had some rough luck the last three or four I'd years. I'd love to know the, the story behind that, that car crash, too. He said he was on his way to practice, to uh, lifting weights at 4 a.m., he was lifting something, but it wasn't weights. Might have been a 12-ounce curl or a one-ounce. You know, a phenomenal player coming out of USF uh, as a second-tier player to a, what was his name, who was originally going to be the best uh, of, the, of the two coming out of USF. He was drafted, I think, by the Cowboys. Do you Defense the, player? Oh. Selby. Um, Selvin. 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 George Selvin. George Selvy. Was it? Selvi. Selvi, Salvo. One of those guys. Salvo. And Salvation. And, and Pierre was the supposed to be good, but not to the caliber of Selvi. He ends up, you know, Selvi was a bust, played a couple of years, and that was it. But Jason P. O. Paul was a freak, kind of like a Strayan type when he was with the Giants the first few years. And I don't put, you know, even though he blew off his fingers in that firecracker incident three years ago, I don't blame the uh, Buccaneers for taking a chance on him last year. And he did great. He's one of the few free agents that actually paid off. And he looked great coming into this season with that three, the three-point stance, as it were, the three-four defense, which people think that that's good all the time. They're always switching in and out, guys. You might see a, uh, the three-point more than four guys that, on, the, on the down line, but you'll always see guys in and out and in and out and in and out. They're always going three-man, four-man, four Nickelbacks, yada, yada, yada. Every play. Every play changes. I I mean, this is why it's gotten so technical that offensive have to know that, you know, every week they – you don't have a lot of – you think you have a lot of time to prepare? For the most part, you you know, week is not enough to prepare for offense and defense to the other team. The other team is preparing for your defense, and then you're preparing your offense for their defense. defense You know what I'm saying? It's a freaking crazy – puzzle out there it is and for a quarterback to have to look out over a defense and in his mind in a split you know four or five seconds decipher what they're going to throw at him and whether or not they're going to play do the play or they're going to run an audible that to me 
it's why quarterbacks get paid so much money, especially the great ones, because they could pay Manning. There was nobody better than him. You wanted to kill him for the time he wasted. But the fact is, he was reading the defensive. Co- he coached on the field. And, he there's so, and there's so much. You know, when Joe Namath, who is considered a brilliant defensive mind as a quarterback, looking at defenses and able to call audibles, he didn't have to deal with all the different scenarios that they have now on the defensive side. It's a science that the average, I would say 99.99% of football fans, they don't, they've never been behind center of a quarterback, let alone who's, what, one in a million, 10 million's been on an NFL field behind a center. So all the things that the moving in action, how you manage to get any passes completed at all is a miracle. And then you look at the defense. you got your middle linebackers, your oh play caller. God. He's now looking at the offense. And then they can see, Jake, all right, my and middle he, linebacker dropped left. That's going to set this guy off. Right. And I got this guy going to be I got my, yeah. my left hook curl going to be, I got this. And, and then they complete the pass. The, the, the middle linebacker has to decipher from the line of scrimmage Ooh. what he's seeing, where one receiver, he's just recall what he saw in the, in, in the playbook or in the, oh in the video room watching this and say, this is that what they're doing. It's, and it's then you on got, and on and on. And then you get assholes on the sideline with their head down giving you shit like, well, we had here at Tampa who just. Are you nervous? Huh? Really? Are you? Huh? Huh? Every quarterback, there was Gruden with just with his hands on his hip. Now, you didn't see that that middle linebacker pulled left, wide, right. You're just going to drop your cover two. Now, you got a man in the L pattern, butter and hook, zip. That's that's why he doesn't have a job at Tampa anymore. You got to let the quarterbacks play, give them the coaching, but it's a wicked sign. You got to appreciate anybody who can succeed and excel at the NFL. That's why the difference between college and pro, the college game is difficult enough. Pro is times 100. Let me and let me throw this at you as we uh, come up to towards the end of our uh, flying by the show. Wonderful edition of the No Holds Barred with Ozzy and Jake. When I was watching football, sixties, seventies, there was no headphones. There were no really hand signals. The quarterback went to the line of scrimmage, and again, nobody was better at the time than Joe Namath as reading defenses. I would love to get rid of all this technical stuff. And let the quarterbacks call the plays, whether it's in the huddle or out about the line of scrimmage, and let him be what a real quarterback really is, is be the guy who makes the decisions. Not the guy in the booth, not the guy in the booth sending it down to the coach who's sending it to the quarterback who has earphones now in his, right. in, in his helmet. Let the quarterback make a decision. Because even, let, if, even if there is a set play, or we're going to ride spider banana wide left seven. That means a button hook to the receiver on the right side. He's still got to see his open. There's four other guys that are running routes. They're not all fake. you got to decide which guy you want to hit. Well, that's a great quarterback is able to Ooh. read. A, here's my first option. Where's my second and where's my third? Another thing, talking about another sport, same type of thing. When we grew up, catchers called their own plays to the pitcher. Pitcher <laughs> could shake it off. Absolutely. Now they got to look at the coach. The I coach can... gives him a signal. I don't want the coach giving me a signal. Let the pitcher oh. and the catcher call their own game. I can't stand the look over from the catcher. He's got two down. He looks over. He's yeah. got two. Two. No, he shakes it up. Two. Do you remember when how no one hell, How listen. the hell would a cat? How about a uh, uh, manager or pitching coach on the bench have a better idea of what he's throwing than the guy on the mound throwing? Absolutely. And the catcher who's receiving exactly. it. Exactly. When, when pitchers pitch no hitters, the first thing they did is not, of course, hug the catcher, but say what a great game he called. A catcher can't be calling a great game now. What is the pitcher supposed to say? That was a great game called by my manager <laughs> who gave the signal to my catcher <laughs> who right. gave it to me. You're right. They always credit the catcher for calling a Absolutely. great game. Absolutely. He didn't do shit. He didn't do shit. I mean, it, that's just ridiculous that they, that, that they, 
I think enough is enough. I think there's over and the paralysis Absolutely. by over analysis in baseball, where the the umpire, the manager, I should say, has to be on every goddamn pitch. Let the players play, and then he's got to go move the shortstop up an inch, the shortstop over an inch, left fielder. If they knew what they were doing, every team would be in first place. Uh, look, I, I people want to say maybe they should, uh, you know, take away the shift and all that. No, that's stupid. Let that be part of the game. Absolutely. But that's the bottom line. If you're a hitter, then don't hit it to that spot. If he's giving you the left side and you're a lefty, poke it over there. But Tony Gwynn, they'd shift him over to the right. He'd plop it over the third Him. baseman's head all day long. Wade Boggs, uh, Rod Boggs Carew, off. slap it all. Even in Chiro in his prime, slap it all over the place. Good Wherever hitters you're not. hit. Good players, good quarterbacks, throw touchdowns and get teams down the field. I think you can game plan against Tom Brady and the Ichiro's, the Tony Tony Gwynn's. You can shift everybody on the right side of the field. You can't beat a good player. Michael, I'll take it back to Michael Jordan. Everyone for six championship games knew when the game was on the line who was getting the ball. They you knew exactly di- what yeah. he was going to do. You could diagnose a defense against him. It's not going to stop him. It's not going to. Only he could stop himself. Knew that Tom Brady's going to throw to Gronk or to whoever is going to be open. Everybody in the building knew Jordan's getting the ball, and they still couldn't stop him. I guess that's why they call him the GOAT. There's a great picture online. I guess yesterday would have been, I think, Walter Payton's 60th, 60th or 65th birthday. And his son was on there, and I've chatted with him online before on, on Instagram. The highlights of Walter Payton. You know, you can say Barry Sanders had more yards, or, or Emmett Smith had more yards. Emmett Smith, Walter, uh, Barry Sanders was about as close as I've seen to, to Walter Payton, and I never saw Jim Brown play. But Peyton, growing up in Chicago, I guess I'm a little biased. Even his highlights were better than anybody's highlights. Walter Payton. God, he was something when special. I, when I look at everything he did, uh, and I watched him in his prime, because I'm old enough to have done that, uh, he was the greatest running back that I ever. I didn't see Jimmy Brown. Uh, you know, I was born in '58, so I didn't get a really chance. I saw him in uh, in the Dirty Dozen, but I didn't really get a chance to see him live. But the bottom line is, is great. Barry Sanders was the most exciting runner I've ever seen because he could be five yards behind the line, five guys surrounding him, and he low, found the poke. Low center of gravity. He'd yeah. go down and knee, and knee would come within a centimeter. He'd hit with one Nothing hand, like spin, it. and do. He had different attributes than than Peyton. He and I saw him play. Probably as much as I saw Walter Payton play with my own eyes, maybe a little even more as the, as the Lions would come to uh, Tampa Stadium once a year. So that's one and two in my book. But Payton, he was a complete player. He could. How about the devastating block he put on Monday Night Football that allowed Jim, Bre- Jim McMahon to throw to Willie Gault? He exploded he, Joey Brown around the field. Most touchdowns ever by a non-quarterback throwing touchdowns. He was a huge, uh, I mean, he didn't look physically tall or anything like that, but he was a big body running back who had the quickness of the quickers. He could step in, he could step out, and he never went out of bounds. He wanted to hit and punish you. He was the everything. He can come out of the backfield, make a play. Again, I've seen a lot of running backs. To me, being a Jet fan is irrelevant. There was nobody better than Walter Payton. And again, I love Barry Sanders. He's so exciting. Thurman Thomas is really good. Oh, Emmett Smith. All, Earl Campbell was fun oh, because he God. wanted to kill you. Earl Campbell is like a freight train in a you know, uniform. If, if you think Jimmy Brown was tough, you got to put Earl Campbell right up there with him. There was two great pictures on there besides all the highlights. There was a picture of Earl Campbell and Walter Payton postgame shaking hands with big smiles on their faces in that classic Oiler uniform and the classic Barry Home uniform. But one of the coolest ones was a very young, must have been year two, three, four, maybe, of Michael Jordan. They're playing a pickup charity basketball game, and there's Jordan with his arm around Peyton's head. And they're just laughing it up. Maybe the two greatest, greatest players in either sport. Two guys who just dominated. I don't think there's any question about Jordan 
being the greatest NBA player ever. You can make an argument about Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell and what, what have it's, you. Look, you you, you can't it's kind say of he's not. He, yeah, you can You could say there are five of the greatest, but sure. yeah, well, but certainly Michael Jordan is the greatest. You can if, cut it down to three. And Larry George. Bird was my favorite. Sure. I loved him, but you can again, you can group them all together. You can't say anybody was better than Walter Payton at running. You can't. He played for bad teams, other than the '85 uh, Super Bowl, and he was just you couldn't stop him because he wasn't. He was relentless. He he didn't want to be stopped. He was rubber too. He never he never got injured. He never missed a game. He missed one game his whole career. It was, it was the first game of season one. He had a, a strained knee or something. And may, maybe never the, missed another game. And maybe the uh, only running back who can compare, but his career was shortened by his injuries, were Gale Sayers. And, and again, I didn't see him play. I've only seen highlights. Me too. But this was somebody special as well. He was special as well. But yesterday was would have been Walter Payton's. A quick inside Aussie. In, uh, I have several Walter Payton stories. The one where he threw me a sweatband in, in old sombrero, and I dropped it. What is this, Mean Joe Green commercial and Coca-Cola? I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like about a 15, 16-year-old kid. I go, Walter, Walter, Walter. Because I, I was there every every year for the Bears-Bucks game from 81. And then I slowly morphed into a, after the Super Bowl. I, I cut myself bleeding and orange came out. Um, he threw it right to me, Jake. And I had it in my, my greasy little mitt and I dropped it. Cut. Uh, let's do that again. Take two. And he gave me one of these. <laughs> I tried, kid. That's... I tried. That. The minute it hit the ground, you know, eighty-five hands got You're it, a, and it was one wasn't mine. You are this, pathetic. Wow, that was a bad one. That is bad. Walter Payton, my all-time hero, uh, threw me a sweatband, pointed right at me too. He goes, "You," right. and I dropped it. Here's your question today: With two, what you told me with uh, L Square, and yeah. what happened? Which would you rather have, the two thousand dollars <laughs> or the uh, headband that Walter Payton threw? The headband. Okay. Actually, it was a sweatband. I agree. A sweatband, but nonetheless, I agree. Um, and Walter Payton came to Sarasota, mm, late 80s, maybe 1990, 89 or 90. He did Michael play in the uh, play exhibition game for the White Sox? Mike, did he? Yeah, he played. Remember when oh, sure. Jordan was playing with the White Absolutely. Sox? Absolutely. Well, this is Walter. Payton's in Well, Sarasota. Walter came to watch Michael Jordan play. I'm asking you that. Oh, no, no. It had nothing to do with it. Oh, him. all right. He was looking for a place to live because he's a boat. he was into boat racing as he got out of. Okay. He was, as he retired, he was a big-time boat racer. Well, I guess well Shaw Grand Prix here, one oh, of the biggest. There you go. And he wanted a condo in town. My uncle, who was a big shot realtor in town for about 25 years, spent all day with one Walter Payton, including a nice lunch out on Longboat, and uh, spent all day showing him condos and had a, has a hell of a story to tell for the rest of his life about spending all day. Absolutely. My uncle, not the biggest sports fan, but you can't be from Chicago and not just your eyes double in size when you see that guy. Man, if you've ever seen, I can't watch. It's very hard. It's very Brian Song esque because it's right. Uh, I mean, it's Brian Song Part Two, when the the uh, football yep. life where Matt Suey was the beneficiary. He'd already divorced his wife, but they brought him back home so he could live with his kids until the day he died. And wow, you watch that it just tears your heart out. Just see a guy who was so perfect in every way, specimen, just eaten away by the disease that killed him. It's just terrible. But he lived a hell of a life, and man, what a football player! If you were to put a football team together. Boy, Walter Payton, or he'd be uh, if, uh, an ultimate fantasy draft. He'd be everyone's top pick, or at least a top three. Just like you'd be my top three if I had put a podcast fantasy together, That Jake. is very kind of you to say, as we've done an hour worth of programs a that seem like in too. five minutes. I know it. Well, well think and of we the, only really talked about the Rays this Think week, of all the money week, we saved on psychi psychiatric yeah, help. Last week, we talked about the uh, movie, oh, two weeks we ago, went, the movies we all, saw, and the music, and all the music. music scene, and this week is Rays and Buccaneers, NFL and MLB. I'm glad that, that football kicks off. Football kicks off the night after... Well, it is only Monday. I this Thursday, Atlanta and Denver in the Hall of Fame game. Will you watch any of it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I watched, I watched like the first half of a quarter, but I, 
I'm one of these guys, unless I have money on a game, the, the teams that really don't apply to me, unless I have money on it, what do I give a shit? Unless it's, I'll watch a Patriot game, I'll watch you know a team that's playing hot or something, but these All people right. who are just stuck, hey man, gotta get home. Browns and Bengals on Monday Night Football. NFL. I said I'd rather watch a test pattern. Jet Giant game is an NFL game live on the NFL Network. I think it's whatever day you said it was happening the following Thursday. Following Thursday, they all kick I will kick be off. watching that. I promise you that. Is anyway, it a Thursday? Yeah, I, I don't I like the. Uh, I like to keep it on a Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Well, okay. I imagine that would be a primetime event. I, it's NFL Network covers it live that Thursday night. I'll be watching it. Ozzy, as always, no holds barred. Another successful. One hour program. Very successful. Hey, go to the Spotify, sign in. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. Give them your email and make up a password. And you can watch. Well, by say by watch, I mean see the big logo on the screen. You can listen to all past shows for free. Most TVs now are smart TVs. If you don't have one, go on your computer, Spotify, go to podcast, search it. No holds barred with Ozzy and Jake. Very easy to find. Every show we've ever done is on there. It's cool as hell. Check it out. Jake, thanks for as always, brother. Thank you, brother. See you next week. Right here at the Old Hulk Bard Podcast, only on the Aussie Radio Network. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Post game show is brought to you by. Okay. Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Real, uncensored. And thing sucks. Unpredictable. You want anarchy? No. Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Only on Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Ozzy the Sports Junkie. We'll do it live!